So welcome to the Red Review podcast. Hi, Jeremy. Hello, mate. How are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. Look at this. Our new video format with all the branding and cleverness around us. Which was as as much a surprise to me as it will be to the viewers. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of Mike's magical moments where he stumbles across a wonderful new platform. And uh, so we, we thought we'd give it a whirl. Why not? So yeah, it, it's called StreamYard, and I can do all clever things. Like I can change our, I, I've got, I've preset some Red Review branded podcasts. I can go to different different backgrounds, and we've got uh, different what they call overlays. Um, I haven't worked out how to do a our logo, but as we haven't got a logo, I've just made it as an overlay. But you'll notice when I press this one, we've got powered by Excite in the corner because today we've got a very special guest in Chris from Excite, who we're gonna be chatting to um as one of our um our new interviewees for series two but before we get on to that what have you been up to uh well you've been doing something quite exciting so you've, you've been on that mentor course with the apmp haven't you oh i have yes it yes y- yes i have sorry I was, I was just trying to think what i'm going to say about it now um yeah do you know what me, me and you talked about it before and I was a bit like, oh, do I really need someone to teach me how to do mentoring? I've been doing mentoring for years. But actually, it was genuinely brilliant. Turns like, out you do. Turns out loads of stuff I was doing isn't mentoring, it's coaching. Um, turns out mentoring is a lot more focused and punchy than I thought it was. And turns out some of the um, uh, methodologies that I've been taught through my mentoring program at work probably don't align with the current thinking and best practice from a world expert in mentoring who is the lady who was running the the session so actually really interesting but more than that my first covid safe training event so six people plus trainer in a room together for a day in a hotel um and touch wood no one's poorly and, and everyone's okay. So that's probably the biggest success of it all of the whole day. <laughs> but I'm 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 glad it was useful. It's that's quite interesting. Um probably need to go on it myself actually. I, the trouble is I've still got too many mentees. I've got too many mentees, full stop really. Uh, but I've got too many to be able to take on a proper OPMP sponsored one at the moment. But uh but the time next time around maybe i'll shut yeah i mean she said you should only keep a mentee for sort of nine months to a year max probably nine months is when when it when you move into maybe being friends or confidants or coaching rather than mentoring mentoring is kind of a short sharp thing to get you through a particular challenge or thing you're trying to achieve which actually sounds what like a lot of what people call coaching and she had kind of her very strong views and the amount of coaches who actually are mentors but coaching is more sexy to say um Mm. very strong views on like reverse mentoring and stuff as well which i thought was interesting that she doesn't believe you can do reverse mentoring it's not mentoring it's just experienced people finding out what less experienced people think um so that again isn't mentoring it's not an experience mentoring being the fundamental thing of experienced person helping a less experienced person to address a particular challenge or problem but no fascinating day and met some really interesting people um including mark who is an avid listener so uh give mark a a wave and i think uh um yeah it was really nice to meet him face to face and he's given me a good book recommendation actually so um um i I had a chat with him the um 
the bid managers book club i think is is on its way in some guys so watch this space should we do an episode get him on we should do we should do we've got we've got probably episodes now till christmas haven't we but um we'll we'll do an episode on kind of um on on something to get him him on anyway anything you've been up to anything exciting going on in the world of jeremy uh well the truck we've had so we've had a bunch of episodes coming quite quick quick succession haven't we so i've gone and yeah. given all my my good tidbits of what I, i'm trying away. to line you up here jez two years in business today on the day of recording this. Oh, yeah. sorry yeah that's remember, true. remember it's your two-year your two-year birthday good job you reminded me um so yes yes we've we've 20th of october is our anniversary um i may i did a post on linkedin today that takes you to a page on our website that's got sort of an annual review takes you through some of the things we've been up to this year and some of the ways we've tried to help people i think which is quite nice to look back on actually we've covered a lot of ground again um just a very different year so we've, we've bizarrely hit the same turnover and profit almost identically to pound as in the second year as we did the first year um because we've had this valley of death through the summer with the or spring and, and early summer with the pandemic um so uh but it was it was nice to look back at, at some of the things we've done and you know awards we've won and uh, particularly things like the um job hunting webinars that we put on uh, for the community and of course looking back to our last breakfast event which was all the way back in december yeah, um, I saw know, the I, pictures. And I was like, Bloody hell. That's like that was a year ago now. It feels like it. Um, so yeah, no, thank you very much. I've survived another year, and thank you very much for all your help and keeping me on the straight and narrow. It's uh, <laughs> <much> appreciate <laughs> talking you down from lamping a few bid people when they go a bit biddy. Well, there's that, um, and then the mad ideas as well. Between you and my mate Jack, you managed to you know vaguely keep me on point in terms of not going a bit too mad with. Uh, innovation uh so yeah so very good i, yeah. I like the innovation that's what that's what keeps things interesting um so with without further ado then so i haven't worked out on this new platform how to make jingles yet but bear in mind there will be jingles coming in future but um i would like to if i press this button here introduce Please. as if by magic chris <laughs> hello hi <laughs> Welcome to the Red Review Podcast. How are you? I'm very well. And yourselves? Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, Chris, did you want to just give us a quick introduction, who you are, um, role in the company, and I guess what what your organization does? Yes, sure. Uh, so my name is uh, Chris Serto. I'm a chief commercial officer at Excite. Uh, I've been with Excite for uh, close to 15 years. Um, and Excite is the company behind Excite Portal, which is a cloud-based, database-driven document co-authoring and automation solution. So basically a solution that enables our clients to produce documents more efficiently. But generally, the majority of our clients are in the data proposals, so typically complex proposals. Uh, and being a Norwegian company, we are very strong in the oil and gas sector and construction or EPC contractors, but you know, we can really be used in any industry that has complexity. Fantastic. Well, welcome to the show. So Chris, we're going to have a chat around um, the organization, your journey into bidding and um, kind of your views on the market as well, which I think could be really interesting. 
Um, so thank you for joining us today. So, Chris, um, you said just before we begin, so Excite is a Norwegian company, did you say? Yeah. So we are uh, actually 20 years this year. Uh, so we've been around the block for a long time. Uh, we have way more clients than most people probably think uh, and way more users. Uh, but we had all the products before uh, Excite Porter as well. But uh, yeah, so we are in the 20th year this year, and we're supposed to have a big bang this year and a big party. But obviously, we are well. We're not as stuck in the house as many other places in the world. But still, you know, it's still social distancing and you know some challenges when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So, um, Chris, go on. Then. Let's let's kick things off then. So. Um, do you want to tell us a bit more about your kind of career into bidding um, and into sure. the role you're in now um, and, and how you got here? Sure. Uh, so uh, personally, my background is uh, so I, I did a degree in the UK uh, with, with, in something called graphic media studies. So basically, it's uh, I should management within publishing and print. So I'm, I would say probably classical scholar in creating documents. So I have done typography and writing and copy editing and proofreading and everything in English in my time. So uh, print. I imagine you're now critiquing our poor choice of brand for the Red Review logo. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. You know, Which we chose uh, you know, like two years ago. And we have to uh, stick with it now. And I really don't like it anymore. But we have to stick with it. Regardless. <laughs> that's the way it is. You know, sometimes, sometimes something's unexpected things happens, you know. But any, anyway, so uh, yeah, so I, you know, I, once I was finished with my degree, I was uh, headhunted for for a financial printer, which or financial communication. So, which basically, a company that we helped or where our project managed to get uh, typical documents like IPOs or uh, private placement memorandums or basically complex financial transactional documentation to the stock exchanges or to the Security and Exchange Commission. Uh, and we had typesetters, and you know, I was part of developing a new typesetting system there. And uh, and at some stage, I thought it was time for us to go home. So, and then uh, the opportunity with Excite came up. Uh, it's the only job I applied for in Stavanger, which where I live now. Uh, but hey, that's where I live still. Uh, and I found this, you know, it's quite similar to. Well, actually, I thought the the position was kind of written for. What I was had studied and I had been doing. So I, when I came here, I think you know it was kind of good match. So I, I kind of came into Excite in that way. And when I joined Excite, my plan was not necessarily bid, uh, but the process of creating, let's say, uh, an IPO and or creating a complex bid is not that different. Uh, it's multiple stakeholders that need to produce a comprehensive document in a short time frame and it's often reuse of content and you have different stakeholders that needs to have different levels of access to different documents and you need to create a polished document in a short time frame so it's many similarities yeah yeah i can't, I can't believe you live in stavanger I've, I've been to i've visited i did a norwegian cruise a few years ago and one of the places we stopped was uh stavanger it was, it was lovely i think oh, we, we stopped a sunday so everything was closed but it was still lovely man <laughs> nonetheless <laughs> poor uh, timing yeah everything is closed on a sunday unless you go to the pub well, yeah but that's okay <laughs> i think it was a bit early for that i think it was an early stop as a 9am stop and when you're on a, when you're on a cruise I, i'm always a bit like i'm not going to go to a pub off the boat because why, why would i go when i can get it like cheap or or you know free food on the boat so um 
So, sure. um, yeah. Good stuff. So where do you think the market is, Chris? So obviously the business has been around for a long time, much longer than most of your competition, I think. And I think what I'm finding looking at the market, I've been talking about the bid tech market a fair bit of late. Um, and I'm finding the sort of Lupio's, RFPIO's in one space, in another, the, 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 some of the, some of the, the, the longer term players in the space in another. Where, where do you see yourself in the market and um, how do you see it developing, I guess? Yeah, so from Excite point, where we are at the moment and where we always have the stronghold is typically uh, when it's high complexity or multiple people or multiple stakeholders. It doesn't have to be that, but that's the typical where we see. So we have clients that may produce you know, on a regular basis several thousand page bids uh, with maybe anything from five to 150 people involved in the process. That has uh, just made a lot of that has just made a lot of bid people like wins, <laughs> win, wins, <laughs> thousand page yeah. bids. Oh my god, that's taking well, me back to doing. Um, I, I, I don't know if you had the meeting. We, we had public finance, you know, PFIs in the UK, yeah, and I remember no, no, doing. No. I remember doing a bid as a designer for a fire station program, and the bid was so big it was put inside the boxes that paper comes in. You know, the paper you, can, you buy it for the yeah. printer, and it's got like four or five boxes of paper. We had to put the bid in those to post it because there was so much paper, uh, drawings, documentation, reports, and everything else in it. Well, you, you bring about you bad a, memory. Then I tell you a story. This is quite many years ago, probably seven or eight years ago, but uh, one of our uh, clients that is an EPC contractor they had a bid going in Angola and uh, the bid package was one pallet of paper they yeah. basically had to submit something like 30 comp 30 samples of a 15,000 page bid in paper in Angola Jeez. anyway they used to exact portal they were super happy so it's good for us but, <laughs> so uh, you know <laughs> I'm happy I'm not them to be totally honest <laughs> Uh, no, so, but uh, what we do see though, you know, the majority of our clients, I would say they may, they may not be, at least a few hundred pages, I would say it's, it's the norm. And, you know, it could be anything from a, from a relatively small bids up to maybe a billion or a few billion dollars of uh, value to the bid. So typically, we are on, typically our entry point has been relative high complexity. Now, it doesn't have to be like that because, uh, you know, we have, a, let's say, a Salesforce app. You can fully automate your document. Uh, you know, obviously, we use all our and any all of our bids and proposals through XI Portal. But for some reason, we often are uh, kind of in the more complex range. So when we compete with other bid tech, as you could call them, uh, we typically would uh, enter where we this high complexity, and that's typically where we would sit, even though we could easily produce simpler bids. When that is said, this, this is also one of the reasons why we kind of focus maybe on other areas than maybe others, like, as you said, we're heavy in oil and gas, mainly because we're a new company. Uh, we're heavy in EPC contractors of various sorts, uh, civil engineering, uh, complex IT, uh, telecom, CROs. Uh, and we have a little bit of different stuff in different industries in addition to this. But that is typically where we sit. We wouldn't normally be like in professional services, for instance, where there's a high level of standardized answers, which, you know, then you may as well use a, another solution that may might be better suited for your requirements and needs. 
Yeah, that makes sense. So do you, do you think it's worked for you to be to specialize in in a particular market so you can really get to know your your customers? Uh yes and no, you know, it's a uh... I personally think if we were to do this again, it would be easier to start with the SMBs and not go for the multi, massively large enterprises that we started with. So we started with like, you know, one of our clients, you know, it's, it's the biggest company in the world with people that the, like the Financial Times, I think, said that, that no one has heard about Schlumbacher, which is one of the largest oil service providers in the world. You know, they're, I don't know, 150,000 people or something, maybe that they downsize a little bit now. but. Uh, and they use XI Porter for all their bids globally. And they've done that for a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but on the other hand, if we started with smaller companies, it'd probably be easier to go for SMBs, but we sit in that space. Uh, so it's a, you know, it, it's, a, it's good and bad with that. Uh, that also means that uh, we from day one had to be way, way uh, security conscious, uh, maybe more than most, maybe on the borderline mm-hmm. of like a bank, uh, which sounds a little bit weird, but we, you know, that's what we're used to. We're used to it, complexity. And, and the other thing that's been dri- driven this process is that, you know, we see that these companies, they just don't have time to go the route of going out, let's say in InDesign, which is just for them wasted time because they, they put a 200 page document or let's say even a 500 page or 1000 page document into InDesign to make it look fancy that time they just don't have so from our perspective you know it's all in one yeah all in one solution so that you know you have everything you start there you reuse content if you want to collaborate you can ex- you can have external collaborators working with you on the same document in real time and the documents automatically formatted in accordance to your own corporate branding guidelines which is close to indesign but it will never be indesign because it's indesign is individual design pages but this is automated so that's also why we have some clients that use XI Port for, let's say, annual reports or glossy, glossy uh, CSR reports or anything that's typically client-based. Now, I wouldn't say that the majority of the bid community necessarily that are among our clients make those fancy documents, but they could. But they don't I, still, do I still can't get over that your, 20, your business is 20 years old and, like, I only heard about the organization in February. You've always been hiding in in Scandinavia. Uh, well, we've been to a few APMP stuff uh, over the years, uh, and myself and a, several of my colleagues, we are APMP trained. Uh, yeah. It's just the majority of the business that we that we go after. They often are not at the APMP events, and so mm. that's why it's a little bit a little bit like should we participate or not. So um, it's kind of. Particularly in the US, they're more active. Uh, the, let's say the APMP in the UK has always clashed with a uh, local oil event that's been normally gone to. So, so th- there's different reasons why we necessarily haven't been there. But I, I think you will see more of us. Uh, we are sharply growing. I would, we are not a startup, as you probably understand, but we are what we call a scale-up. We had a 40% increase in revenue uh, in 2019. We are have increased in revenue in 2020, even with COVID. Yeah. Uh, we have almost a record high use of our solution. I was going to say, so have, have you seen an increase in use because of COVID? Because more teams are working remotely and needing digital document management tools. Yeah, yeah, we see that. Uh, well, it was a sharp dive in March, 
April, I think everyone job was kind of dead. But then it kind of started rising again slowly. And now we are back to high levels. We closed, I think it's five deals in the last five weeks. Uh, the challenge here, which is um, necessary, not necessarily good for bid people, but good for us, is that we see that a lot of these companies that are coming to us, they have made redundancies, they have done layoffs, but their workload is starting to get back to pre-COVID uh, level. But they don't have the people anymore, so they need to do something fast. And in some of those cases, they were brought in Excite Portal to mm -hmm. minimize that challenge that they have with uh, a lack of resources because they're not allowed to hire the same amount of people back which is problematic and it's not that easy i guess to hire in covid times so in norway yeah. we can meet people but you know we are hiring elsewhere and that's difficult mm. we can, some some places in the uk can meet people some can't so i, I can't meet anyone in london <laughs> but i think jeremy can living 40 miles away further further north which is the strange give, give it 10 minutes and it will change or <laughs> my town mayor will have a fight with boris about it i think yeah no. by the time this goes out we'll probably be in complete lockdown blackout but, yes um so chris do you think uh, it sounds like you even in 2019 you'd had that that huge increase do you think the game's coming to you are, are people finally after 20 years in business are people finally getting the business case for using bid tech um are they seeing the efficiencies and 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 actually really believing in it and investing in it i i, I think they've always seen it uh i think uh I, I think it's more perception of that something needs to something you need to be more efficient than maybe just using word which is a challenge for many in our case what we've seen over the last decade is that you know we have large multiple enterprise companies that do their best to not talk about us because they're afraid to talk to their competitors about them using us because they don't want them to use us. Right. Uh, and we see the old companies in Norway, for instance, that don't necessarily use it for bids, but they use it for licensing applications for acreage, which is similar to a bid, and where we have 100% market, and we have most of that market in the UK as well. And it's not because of they are talking to each other, it's, it's because you know they see that the benefit they get from it is massive. But the other thing I think is we, like Excite, we have been a cloud company since before there was a cloud. Um, and I think that is a big change that people actually see that, you know, to be efficient, to run something that's actually going to work for your business, it's way better to be in the cloud and easier. That also what we see is that, uh, like when we talk to IT, it's normally about security and maybe single sign-on or two-factor authentication. Authentication. It's not really about the backbones of the uh, solution that it used to be like 10 years ago. Then we we had to use Oracle, and that otherwise no one would want to work with us. Now it's I don't think people really care as long as we are secure. Hmm. So I think that changed in people's mind, and they see that it's so much happening. And if they can't produce thinking more efficiently, they they will struggle. I, I think that's going to be the big business case for organizations who haven't yet made the leap going forward is that efficiency gain in and having worked in an organization that did have a uh, a big tech platform it was a more of a uh, aimed at more construction and professional services uh, platform um, and now in a company that doesn't I can I can see the benefits not necessarily you know the stuff that I do Chris is is kind of bespoke and one-off and is kind of you know, you, the mega bid stuff 
but the day-to-day churn turn the wheel the kind of proposals that any professional services firm has to pump out on a daily basis just to keep the lights on there is a, there's a space for that and there's a space for specialist products like yourselves who um when you're doing those big deals and you need something that's going to come you know coordinate i did a, a big bid um over christmas where we had six joint venture partners all working together including two who were like avid competitors so competitor a couldn't have any access to any any of competitors b information so we kind of had this weird brokerage system of they would provide stuff but they couldn't see which what each other had provided into the documentation so i wish i wish i'd found the platform now that would have been that might have been the solution thankfully we did win so i was very pleased with that win but um it was it was trying to do it on sharepoint uh nearly drove the bid coordinator to 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 the wall um i think she had, she'd had enough by the end of it yeah what you described there is uh, actually quite normal for us that this you know that's common we can handle that so it's uh that, that's yeah. uh, that that's typically you know most of our clients would particularly the epc contractors would have multiple subcontractors where they need to hide mm. portions of the document uh, yeah. And it's, it's still, it's bespo- some of them it's very bespoke because they only do one-off, but they still have massive gains of having a solution that enables it. Yeah. So let's talk about the future of kind of 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 XI and maybe the market. So, what are the kind of the features that your customers are now banging on the door for? Um, what what's in your development pipeline? Oh, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, very easily, if you if anyone goes in, look at us publicly. You can go into Norwegian Research Fund, and you'll see a part of our next generation would be uh, where we, which you know, it, it will be a, how should I say AI enhanced uh, suggestions of uh, based on the RFP that you receive, and tailoring that through to contract. Uh, so that's very exciting. Uh, that will take a few years. There will be many iterations, uh, which I think will be a massive gains for our clients uh, and, yeah. uh, and you know our search is you know it's almost borderline i would say ai to already but you know it's not ai and but uh, and part of that obviously also then means that we need to build out uh, a better and more uh, structured metadata taxonomy and ontology management in the back end which for most bid managers they may not think about that's useful but that's extremely useful it's going to be if you don't have that in the future i think you will lose yeah, um, but that's obviously I, my personal. You know, I'm a little bit fanatic when it comes to metadata. But um, do, do you know what we, we and Jeremy talked about it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago about um, knowledge management? I think it's the co- the case study um, podcast that would have now come out when um, this goes out, but it has, it's not out on the time by in recording. Talking about knowledge management and actually a lot more of it is about managing data and yep. and metadata and how you how you. Uh, organize all that information rather than just saying I've got a SharePoint site where I dump a load of Word documents with case studies in. You know, the, yeah. the knowledge management is moved so far forward, and actually a lot of the bid community hasn't gone with it. We still think knowledge management is holding documents on a SharePoint site in a nice folder structure, or or on a on a website with a nice folder structure, and not really thinking about how we categorize search link information but i think just touching on your mention of ai because we've again jez we've talked about this before but how um things like that you know natural language processing and um those kind of tools to read client documents and kind of guide the bidder on you know the, the tone the style what's important to the client 
the implied terms, those kind of things, I think is going to be a really interesting progression in in bidding going forward. Um, mm. So it's good good to hear that you guys are looking at kind of AI and those kind of language tools as well for yep. um, yeah, for your platform. Yeah. So what about what about long term then? So what big what's the big leap? Do you do you think there is going to be a big leap where we're going to get rid of all the bid managers and it's all going to be done by computer? What's the, what's the big <laughs> leap coming in the next ten years? I, I, I don't think so. Um, I, I think that the I think it'll be more specialized than like particularly for our clients, they're very specialized. It's there's a core of bid manager and copywriters or bid I don't know what to call them, you know, but there's also multiple SMEs that's not necessarily part of the bid team. That needs to be have much more input to the data and to managing and keeping that content fresh at any given time. And that's not part of the bid community necessarily, because they sit too far away, I think. So you need to have involved a larger part of your enterprise to move forward quickly and smoothly. Although it's diff it's too time consuming to funnel content through a few FTEs that doesn't really work in most companies. I think that will be a change. I think you will find that uh, uh, you need to understand copy editing, but I don't think that will be to a certain extent the same level of InDesign in the future because it will be fully automated. Uh, it's Again, it's a little bit time-consuming, personally, I would say. Uh, but I do think that you will find that, you know, like the sense of print is probably going to disappear. But uh, you know, everything is going to be online, I guess, to a certain extent. But I don't think the bid community should necessarily be afraid of the jobs. Our, you know, the research I've seen is like it's sales enablement, which is really about this process, I guess, from and I, I don't know, pitch planning or planning pitch, quote, proposal, contract, is estimated to grow almost 100% in the next few years. So, and if that means that people are buying more tools, it probably means that there's going to be more bidding. And so I wouldn't worry about the bid community. I'd be more worried about if you are change-resistant than as an issue. Yeah, I, th I think that's a, a fair observation. I was being a bit tongue-in-cheek, though. I definitely don't think... The bid community is going to get re replaced by robots, but it's a, but it's, it's probably a nice thought. It's probably a nice thought for an accountant somewhere that they could do. It's like any industrial revolution, though, isn't it? There's, there's not actually ever, or so far in history, there's not been less jobs. It's just they they change to be different jobs. Um, I think Chris is right that the the emphasis will move more towards capture and um, that that prep and pitch piece. Um, and the robots will do the documentation, as it were. Yeah, I, I think the more we can take the administration out of bidding and the kind of artworking out of design and those types of things, those time-consuming things that don't really add value, the more time there is for you know, the human in the process to really think creatively about the pitch and the message and, and how, um, how that's structured and get to know the client and build repertoire with your SMEs and all those types of things that, that actually it's not the administration of a process that makes a great bid manager. It's all the other bits around it. And I think sometimes people people can forget that. I think they think their their job as a bid manager is just to run a process. And I think that 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 very much is not. And hopefully these tools help remove some of that burden from them so they can be more creative and, and think about how they can uh, drive more value through the process and ultimately drive more value for the business right you know to yep. to return 
big people i'm sure are always very conscious like i am that you're an, an overhead on the business you're not fee earning as such you know directly billed to a client and therefore you've got to make sure you're you're showing your value to the business that's for certain that's because you don't work in a software service company that everything is kpi driven and you will be part of the of the client acquisition cost <laughs> that's very true although i do work in a very kpi and league table driven organization they do love a kpi and they do love putting everyone's kpis in a league table and selling you who's at the bottom um jeremy will have experienced this from our uh, his time jeremy used to work at the same firm as me in, in mace but yeah i think it's just a um a thing of being a builder we like we like we like to encourage people to be the top so um they yeah league tables and kpis are definitely a strong part of our culture <laughs> so i reckon we've probably covered um all of the your, your excite stuff chris should we get on to the quick fire questions really get really get under the skin of some things sure yeah let let me before you go into quick fire questions i press oh, this button button to press there you go that means it's quick fire question time eventually we'll get a um a, a little thing that pops up and it says it but for now we're just going to change the color of the background color so let's get into it so chris quick quick five questions um what's your favorite quote uh i have i would probably say honesty is the best policy um for many reasons it's i guess that's our upbringing but also it doesn't help to hide behind so if something is you have to tell it as it is you can't hide behind something you need to be honest uh sort of like it won't work it will backfire in the end if so, so honestly i always think it's the best policy uh that also means both for internally and externally because you know at least at the worst case at least you stand straight in the end do you do, i'm going to put this on you now you probably haven't prepared for this one have you got a favorite quote in norwegian i'd love to hear you say say your favorite quote in norwegian uh, I have another one in Norwegian, uh, which I often say, and it's not necessary. I don't think it's necessary because of my favorite quote, because I've been okay. with this. It's basically, Nesten skyter ikke mannen av hesten, which basically means, uh, I, I guess it's close, but no cigar. <laughs> but but it, it, it's about uh, almost don't uh, shoot the man off the horse. Now, okay. the reason I got... This is kind of my favorite. It's not because of what it means necessarily, but in my youth or earlier days, I was in a submarine, a Norwegian submarine for a few years, and we were not allowed to say horse. And we always tried to trick people to say this. And if you said horse, you have to you had to, to contribute to the bar. <laughs> so it's, it's very important to get someone to say this saying many times. <laughs> I love that. Very good, very good. I love the fact that we've we've come back, circled back to pubs more than once. I, I, I <laughs> when when the world sorts itself out, Chris, we'll have to, you'll have to come over. Well, when you're over in the UK, we'll have to go for a beer. Um, okay, so moving on, uh, do you have an inspirational person that you look up to? Uh, I, I won't necessarily have an inspirational. I have probably do many, but uh, I, I would rather say I have an inspirational organization. I think, which is uh, Doctor Scott Ball, which I really think is uh, providing value to to many. And uh, and excite, we also support them through different, you know, different different uh, endeavors. But, uh, yeah, uh, and 
And it's also, we also know one of the reasons I think in Norway is very few overheads with it. But having said that, though, you know, we also support uh, 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 the, the uh, what do you call it, Salvation Army in Norway, but I guess uh, that's not, that's different. They use uh, actually export for bidding, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the doctor at borders and, you know, I have one daughter that's really fanatic about being a doctor. I'm not sure, sure, sure if you ever become a doctor, but she really wants to work for Dr. Lapolos. How old is your daughter? She's 13, my oldest. Okay, she's got she's got time yet. She's got time. She's got time, yeah. So you have to push her very hard now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, if, if she managed to start there, it would be fantastic. But, you know, I think she'll do great work. And then the last of the quickfire questions was, do you have a book recommendation uh, Probably not for necessarily for the for the bid community, but uh, you know one of the books that uh, I get all of my salespeople to 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 read when they start the next site is the challenge of sale. I'm not sure if you know about that, but uh, you know the, the challenge of sales is uh, is a book written by if I don't remember it was Matthew Dixon, Brent Adamson. Brent Adamson was uh, is the VP of Gartner that used to be CEB Research, which is mm -hmm. basically. Uh, a sales organization and, and it, it, I guess it's it's relevant for the bid sector as well it's it's about uh, how salespeople for different sectors how they you know best suit and what you kind of need to think about when you are uh, tackling a sale particular solution sale or some somewhat complex sale and mm. what elements to think about so anyone in that's not next site has to read that book today uh, i like that if they i, like, I like the fact that if, if someone joins your organization you make them read a book i might have to yes. do that to the bid i might have to do that to the bid team at mace i'm not sure yeah. i'm not sure how they'd like it it's a little bit easier to explain philosophy thereafter if they're if they agree to the to, to uh the overall of what we're trying to achieve if they don't agree to it you know normally they're normally not a good fit either so yeah, I when I, I I used to run a bid team. I don't I don't directly run one now, but I used to run one. I used to make them all read uh, John Williams and BJ's book. I think it's Proposal Basics or yeah. Proposals for Dummies, the, the yellow book that he kind of hands out. John Williams hands out at conferences and stuff, just as a kind of a basis again of this is how we're going to work. These are kind of the things that I believe in and that make the best bid team and the best way of working. And this is kind of how I've 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 come up. So when I'm when I'm going crazy about doing executive summary, and the client's not asked for one, this is the reason why. Or if I'm going crazy about, you know, what's the exciting thing that you're going to be talking about, rather than just answering the question, this is why I'm going to be talking about it because these are the things that make the difference beyond just doing the basics of answering the question and and scoring the points. So, yeah, I I used to do that. I, I, I don't have a I don't have a direct team now to to bully into reading, but if if that ever changes, maybe I'll bring that back. I'm glad to find yes. someone else who does that too, Chris. Uh, it's funny when you mentioned John Williams. You know, so I, actually we did accreditation with Excite. I think in 2007 with John Williams. Oh, did you? Oh, I, I, it was I love John. Many years ago. I um I was very fortunate to go and have dinner with John. If anyone knows John Williams, he's a avid fan of wine and and good food. So we went to his this um this place he knows that just serves great wine and great food. And we both ordered the burger, but they managed to get them wrong. And I ate my first bit of bacon 
in four years or three years, I think it is, whilst I was yeah. sitting with, with John. Because I was like, is this is this vegetarian bacon bit into it? And I was like, no, that's not vegetarian bacon. <laughs> <laughs> so we got we got free champagne uh, and they recooked our food for us. But yeah, so um, I, about two weeks ago, I, I ate bacon for the first time in three, in three years. So I blame John Williams's posh, swanky wine bar for that. There you go. <laughs> So I think that brings us towards a close, Chris. So can you just tell us uh, how do we find you guys? What are your social handles and website and all that good stuff? Yeah, you'll find us on uh, www.excite.com. Uh, I think it's linkedin.com slash excite. Uh, and we also on the X Factor. Uh, so we have our own podcast, actually, uh, that we started with. Uh, so we have some interesting episodes that we've already been through and coming up. They're not all... They are not only bid focused, but it's they are more, but they are process oriented most of them. So, uh, and when that said, we are quite active on social media, so we not that difficult to find if you want to. Very good, very good. Okay, well, thank you for coming along. It's been really useful, interesting chat, actually. Mm. Uh, thank you for having nice me. It was, uh, nice, nice meeting you guys. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thank so the, the, the magic of my new platform, I'm going to press this button now and you're going to disappear and we'll say goodbye. So bye, Chris. Thank you. Thanks. You bye-bye. Thank you very much. Good evening. There you go. There we go, Jez. I, I, I had no idea they were like 20 years old and there's this like amazing uh, organization that I thought I knew the bid tech market quite well. They've, they've obviously slipped under my radar. Also, um, says a lot about the depth of our research on people who are coming on. Uh, <laughs> probably, I probably should have researched that. Uh, so to be fair, I've, I mean, I've read their, their I've, I've met them at the conference, had a good chat with them. I almost went out for dinner with their, uh, with with Chris's team at the APMP Europe conference. I, um, they were going out. I ended up going out with the UK contingent in the end. Um, yeah, I hadn't noticed that. So um, maybe I was just um, looking for the wrong things. But yeah, really interesting chat. Really interesting to think about that it's good that an organization recognizes there isn't a one size fits all to um, your, your technology solution. And actually um, being you know more specialist in a field where clients need large, complex documentation, lots of subcontractors and i guess that even goes into we didn't get into the detail of it but goes into their their pricing model around you know I, i've gone into engage before and i'm like well you know well, i might have 30 people working on a bit at one time and they're like oh you need 30 licenses then and well, i might have 10 bids running at once well you need 300 licenses and how much the license so it's 30 pounds a month and then you end up with this massive bill from a from a company i imagine i imagine they face that problem as well and have, have overcome it so um interesting to see actually a good a good platform that is designed for large teams which i know aren't the norm necessarily but my you know epc um which is a contracting model that you see in a lot of kind of oil and gas and major construction and, and it and telecoms um that is the the world that i touch on and you touched on it may so yeah interesting to see a platform and what a great guy as well yeah lovely bloke he's he's, he's brought back memories of my trip to norway now and um eating a fish finger sandwich on the back of the cruise ship as we went through the fjords. It was just absolutely amazing. Yeah, I, a... 
I didn't say, but I I uh, spent a year in Norway when I was a, when I was a small child, when I was three, and my brother was eighteen months. My dad worked in oil and gas for a company called McDermott's. He built oil rigs, um, and so I've, I've, I think I've been to Strafanga, but when I we haven't, we haven't been back. In fact, the slight sad thing was we were meant to be going back about now. In fact, it was half term week, so yeah, next week. Uh, we'd booked to go to Norway on a, a family trip for my dad's 70th birthday, a whole family, all siblings, etc., to see where we used to live when we were kids and stuff. And uh, it's put, been put off for a year or two, I guess. Um, but it was nice to nice to hear the accent, um, some fond memories of uh, childhood there. It was good. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. So um, we should round off and say, what are you up to? Uh, anything interesting coming up for you, Jeremy? Uh, so I'm just trying to think through timing wise. So in one of our episodes, I said that I hadn't heard anything about um, BPC Global. Um, and actually, I, I reached out to Rick and uh, Tony Round and by chance, I've got a, I've got a slot on a panel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do you know about or by reaching out, they put you on? Uh, by reaching out, somebody had dropped out and they've put me on. Um, so oh, I've, I've got a spot. But also, uh, Tony, being the slick bastard that he is, has talked me into sponsoring uh, and running a panel at the Capture or Business Development and Capture Conference in January as well. Um, so, which I've forgotten to tell you about and need, need that to. That makes a lot of sense, given that is your kind of area of expertise. It does, yes. Um, so I've got some ideas uh, for a panel on uh, the difference between capture in the States and the rest of the world and its maturity in Europe compared to the States. Um, so I was going to ask some bloke called Mike Reader to be on that panel um, amongst uh, a, couple, a couple of other people. I was going to have you for Europe and someone from the States and someone from uh, Asia, I think, have a bit of a different perspective. But I'm, mm. I'm still forming my thoughts but yeah so that I've, that's i've been up to that a little bit and uh you know, managed to get into to, so yeah bbc europe i think this episode might go out slightly after it um or around it but anyway you'll be able to watch it back um if you buy tickets for that i haven't I signed up i haven't signed up yet but i i i know i shouldn't i'm probably right to to rick and tony and, and mike and just say you know, please don't take this as me thinking, me being kind of, I'm not paying for it when they gave something free, but I, just, I haven't got the time to mm. to watch it. I mean, I, I've been desperate to watch the Chuka Una um, thing that he did for the APMP. Um, yeah, for, there's, a, there's a Bidex one in the UK, and I just haven't had the time. Like, no. And the fact that you can't download it, it's on YouTube, means I've got to be somewhere with a, with a Wi-Fi connection, which working from a holiday home is less less helpful so well sitting in holiday home right now i'm trying to not go on internet too much being a bit of a detox so yeah um i think it'd be interesting there's there's there is a few people speaking that i wouldn't mind hearing so i might end up forking out that was it 60 quid or something isn't it 69 or 99 pounds or something so yeah oh good i've been i've been practicing i think i talked about last time practicing for my highways uk 15 minute fireside chat so we had a dry run this morning or this afternoon um should be interesting I'm trying to not say anything too controversial um because highways uk is primarily angled around one client in the uk called highways england 
and we're discussing procurement and I've got and, and I have a light two live procurements on the Irish England at the moment so I don't want to go on and just say by the way oh, they're, they're rubbish um which I don't which they're not but there are some themes that we're talking about that maybe are angled towards um sort of people's more general experience of bidding to large enterprise organizations who have multiple tiers of procurement um and and, and supply chains like network rail or highways england so we'll see but that goes out second of second of november pre-recorded um oh, yeah wow. yeah so all that stuff's pre-recorded um but only goes live at the point point in time at, in time and then you're meant to be in the chat to answer q a's and stuff um which i thought was quite a clever way of doing it but yeah and i think we talked about before there are global conference putter on excuse me that's the whole that's the whole business and there are no presentations allowed mm. panels or fireside chats which is a as i understand the fireside chat is kind of a 15 minute short one-on-one -on -one discussion on a topic because they just found people switched off when they had people presenting so mm. i thought that was interesting anyway jez good, good session that now I'm going to press end record in a minute and <laughs> let's hope this is recorded. <laughs> uh, whereas otherwise we're just switching back to teams again and, and, the, and editing it manually. But it, I, I think this has worked. I think, I think this, this could be the, the way forward. I can. Um, it's jazzy. I like it. My job for the next time we record, which is obviously next week, I guess, is to get some, funky video clips done for the segues and then and then we'll be, we'll be cooking on gas that'll be <laughs> that'll be uh mind-blowing <laughs> well, well done for figuring out how to press all the buttons so far it's impressive yeah no, i did i did go to mute remove chris from the stream and i managed to kick him out of the over the overall thing but as he was finished hopefully it didn't say you've been kicked out and he, he's now um snotty at us but um yeah chris if you're still watching this i didn't, I didn't mean to kick you out i'm still learning <laughs> look jez it's been great to chat um really interesting interview i'm watching the time tick down we're going to hit 50 minutes which is our uh our sort of time to say goodbye so really good to have a conversation happy two-year anniversary yeah thank and, you mate um, well, thanks for all the support and to everyone yeah. else who supported us as well thank you Bye, listeners and viewers. And viewers. Love you all. <laughs>